Running sales, promotions, and discounts is something almost every store does. And there's no promotions app more advanced than bold discounts. It's the easiest way to set up and automate a sale without coupon codes. Think of bold discounts as your store's advanced sale engine. The amount of flexibility in this thing is wild. Listen to this. You can choose whether or not coupon codes are allowed during a sale. It supports smart deal stacking. Let's say you've got overlapping promotions. The app will automatically choose the best offer between the two. And I love that you can add custom HTML to products on sale. So this is great for easily and automatically adding wording to your products like clearance sale, all sales final, etc. They've even added new sales icons and countdown timers. So now if you're running a store-wide sale, you can add their countdown timer in your header, homepage, wherever you want. No coding needed. And that's just scratching the surface of stuff it could do. So if you're looking for a way to automate sophisticated sales in your Shopify store, maybe for flash sales or upcoming holidays, Bold Discounts will get you up and running within seconds. And as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their discounts app free for two months. To get this special offer, go to kurtelster.com slash bold, and you'll be able to install it from there. That's kurtelster.com slash bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. So, what'd you think of uh, virtual reality? You escaped 2020? Yeah, uh, I played with your virtual reality machine, and I loved it, and I'm definitely going to buy one. Total game changer. Yeah, it's total game changer. Uh, I got to get, like, Alex. I got to get all the stuff. The Of the, the, the three games you tried, what was the one that spoke to you? Well, I think Beat Saber was the most fun. It is. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, Beat Saber, like, you're really feeling it. Super hot. Because your uh, Dundum kids didn't set up the room right, I kept <laughs> I kept punching the wall, so that wasn't as fun. <laughs> uh, and so you're get, you're gonna do it. You're gonna pull the trigger on a VR headset. Chances are, I think I will in the next six months. The, there you go. That's like your big stupid pandemic purchase. I bought a house. <laughs> you were gonna do that before the pandemic. It doesn't count. You should see what I'm filling that house up with. <laughs> I heard you bought a. This is not a joke. A replica Maltese Falcon? I did. Uh, everyone heard about my radio issue two weeks ago in my trophy nook. and then <laughs> Trophy nook. And then uh, there's a famous um, TED Talk where Adam Savage from Mythbusters, who's a big, who is a big movie props guy, um, is how he's obsessed with getting an absolute, not pixel perfect, I don't know whatever term you would use for something pixel perfect. As Screen a, accurate. Yeah, in the real world. Meet space good. Uh of of the Maltese Falcon from the aforementioned film, The Maltese Falcon. I see. Uh, and his struggles with finding that. And anyway, I found a dork online that was selling them on Etsy, so I bought one. 
That makes you also a dork. Do you know the do you know like the famous version of the Maltese Falcon that everyone knows? This is actually the third version of that movie. Like the third edit or the third second remake? It's the second remake. That's one of my things. No way. Yeah, that everyone's always like, Hollywood's all remakes these days. It's crap. It's always been remakes. It's always been remakes. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, the Maltese Falcon you love? Uh, there's been three of them. That, the, the famous one's the third one. <laughs> Where I, I, I wonder if people in like 1937 were like, ugh, again? <laughs> They're doing this? <laughs> like, ugh. It's like Spider-Man. Again? Yeah, like the there's a Dashiell Hammett novel called Red Harvest that uh is like oh that's fistful of dollars and yojimbo and the bruce willis movie last man standing and like 10 other movies are all just this one dashiell hammett novel that they just keep remaking over and over again and, but, but and, no one's ever is like ugh again do you know why remakes have always been attractive to hollywood well because it's a built-in audience yeah it's because it the movie is an investment it needs to make money a remake you have there's less risk. You have much more faith that it's going to be successful. Yeah. So it's easy to be like, don't do any remakes. But when a movie costs a hundred million dollars, you better believe we're doing remakes, sequels, prequels, whatever it takes. Well, I'm sure more in the thirties, it was just that, well, we own the rights to this book and, uh, everyone goes to the movies three times a week where they watch two to three movies at a time. So we got to crank this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the, the other big news, we are sadly retiring the family truckster or F one fifty. And I cracked, I bought a Tesla. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I've never owned an electric car, but we're doing it. And then maybe, maybe we'll, the thing drives itself, I'm told. So maybe we'll do a socially distant road trip. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Like there's a lot less road fatigue when you only have to half pay attention to what this thing's doing. Like you still got to pay attention so that the car doesn't kill you because they've also done that. <laughs> but even knowing that the excitement of like it drives itself, I can't resist it. It's too nerdy. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that. Yeah, like, you have to keep your hands on the wheel and pay attention. And it's not making, like, sudden movements. That, that's that's the worst case scenario, I think, for a car. Is car drives itself? No, is car semi-drives itself. <laughs> yes, you're right. It is It is semi-autonomous. If it, was, if it was fully, you know, an old car that didn't drive, that 0% drove itself, you'd be like, okay, I need to drive this car and pay attention. And if it... A hundred percent fully drove itself. Also great. You just get to chill. But where the car sixty five percent drives itself, that's bad. Well, knowing that, like that, it it's a very similar technology to how my drone works. Where like it'll fly itself just fine. I've also crashed it before <laughs> through self driving or me taking over. Uh, I'm well aware of the risks, and I'm still like it's a big four thousand pound drone that we're inside. When you phrase it like that, it's a little scary. Anyway, e-commerce. That's a thing. Yeah, working at that for 10 years. So, today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we are going to talk about what's up with shipping, our Q4 predictions, and then we're going to hear from master marketer Andy Bedell at uh, Eight Figure Brand Keysmart, and they recently launched an entirely custom theme. And all right, so it's a plug for us. We're the ones who built the theme, but we're really proud of it. And Andy offered to come talk about it on the show. So we'll we'll hear about that. And then we're going to tear down the official Joe Biden campaign store. That should be fun. Mm-hmm. He announced his VP pick. So let's get that fresh VP pick gear. Oh, exactly. We got to join, you know, we got to get on the Biden-Harris gear. <laughs> There's no way I wear. My old Biden gear is now totally out of date. So oh, yeah. Like, I got to throw it out. Now. Well, no, that's throwback. That's like vintage. <laughs> you want to hold on to that. That could be worth something. 
20, 30 years from now on eBay or whatever future eBay is. Future eBay. Yeah, it's just called future. Everything just becomes future eBay or like eBay 2040. Cyber eBay. Cyber eBay. I like just eBay 2040. Because you like Blade Runner. I do love Blade Runner. I recently watched uh, Blade Runner 2049, like properly. The first time I watched it, it was a terrible camp copy. And I still was like, it's pretty good. And wow, it's remarkably better in 4K as opposed to like handheld camera in a theater. Why were you watching a cam rip? I'm not, I, I've sworn off cam rips, but I was a younger man and foolish. I believe that's the last cam rip I ever watched. I mean, I didn't watch because that's illegal. I didn't do that. Let's do predictions. What's going on? What's your prediction for, for Q4? What's, what's Black Friday going to look like for I'm of two minds. One, it could be uh, great because everyone is... Uh, this is... <laughs> I'm going to throw that thing in the trash. I hate it. This is the Morning Zoo Crew Show. Yes. <laughs> Where's the fart button? Is there a fart button? I'll, I'll have one for you next week. Okay, good. I'll get you a fart button. I'll put it on my to-do list right now. Uh, I, you know, I feel like the next, the last six months have been an absolute gangbusters great time for almost all e-commerce merchants. And if everyone is still scared to pack into stores uh, on Black Friday, that only means that Black Friday is going to be even bigger online. And it's going to be just absolutely huge, just banging for you know 30 to 40 days straight the whole month of november and the beginning of december or it could be the complete opposite <laughs> right because you know unemployment is incredibly high right now and the reason that i mean we just got to go into the, the truth about all of this the reason that consumer spending has not completely and utterly cratered is because everyone was getting extra unemployment and bailout money and the stimulus checks and stimulus checks from the federal government. The federal government was just giving mo people way more money than they normally would have been gotten. And, uh, so that ran out on August 1st. And, uh, as we are recording this right now on August 13th, we don't quite know how much that's going to make everything crater. So, you know, everyone could have literally no money in November and we don't know because apparently our government one half of our government is so dysfunctional and doesn't want to give people money. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? But there's one in, isn't it something like one in three or one in four American ha households has a member who is underemployed or unemployed right now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a that frightening stat. number. <laughs> if true, I mean, there is a, a lot of unemployment at the moment and you're right. It's, Two things could happen. Either the e-commerce boom continues out of necessity, where even if retail gets cut, we still have people, uh, enough people surviving and shopping online. And especially, I believe gift giving could really benefit if come the holidays, people aren't meeting with their families and they're not traveling. They're going to have to ship a lot of gifts. So it could be that e-commerce does has its best Black Friday season ever as a result of this. Or, to your point, the other shoe drops and no one has the uh, disposable income and gift giving is just a really easy thing to cut. Yeah, and I mean, just to, just to throw random numbers out here, it could possibly be both where, you know, say a normal, say a normal Black Friday is $10 billion, uh, but this year ends up being a total disaster and it's only $7 billion, like that, a 30% drop, disaster, but... 
what if e-commerce's share of that goes from three billion to five billion? Oh, exactly. Well, then, oh, all the e-commerce stores are making a shit ton of money amongst the larger overall drop. So, I mean, that could that could be a very likely situation. So, someone like a big box retailer suffers, but independent direct to consumer brands benefit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, that's probably the most likely scenario. I don't know. It'd be good if, like, you know, the Senate would give, let people have money again, but... Well, what are the chances that... What's that look like? Will that happen? The House isn't going to be doing any more votes until the beginning of September. So I guess we'll see. I mean, it's just sort of like a thing where it's... The only thing that's going to push people to them to actually do it is if people become it becomes truly painful and it becomes disastrous or like trump's re-election numbers greater even more than they could that's the thing that's annoying me i mean like i don't know how deep you want to get into this but it's like this guy's running for re-election uh don't you just want to give everyone money so they're not all mad at you because they don't have a job that was to like help your re-election campaign you idiot i'm no political strategist <laughs> but i really thought that's what would happen yeah like I mean, he's the man's trying to get reelected. You could buy the election by giving every American extra cash. Yeah. Or a thing where it's like, you know, you just, uh, hey, I want to get reelected, so maybe I should try to solve the pandemic so people will like me again, and then I could get reelected. But he's decided to go the cheating route with the Postal Service and various other things. Which brings us to our next topic. <laughs> What's the deal with shipping? And... Uh, USPS has a gift store now, a merch store on their website where you could buy USPS merch. It's they have a surprising number of items. I got socks, a Christmas ornament, and this little UPS mail truck. For the audio version, you can hear it rattle, and for the the video version, there you go. There's my my lovely USPS truck that was like eight bucks. Um, but so there is a long, strange history with USPS and politics, uh, and I have a clip from you from a previous episode. Should we start with that? Yeah, I guess you can. Well, I don't want to get political and this is too political or whatever. It's like everything. We're beyond that. Well, and it's also literally everything is political. It's like, oh, well, um, I have a question about the shipping rates on my store. It's like, oh, you shipping? Oh, that's uh, political? Like the existence of uh, the Postal Service, uh, the existence of UPS and like privatized package places the state of the roads like trucker unionization you know it's like anything you want to say we're gonna ask a question we're gonna answer someone's got a question right now about sms uh messaging it's like yeah sms messaging that's political it's like privacy rights uh deregulation the telecoms industry you know like it's all political all things you see at all times are political you just don't want to acknowledge it so now that we have established, like, yeah, it's political, and this episode has gone political, we're just leaning into it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to get out of the way right now is you know, people will say, well, you know, so what with USPS? I ship DHL, I ship FedEx, I ship UPS. Many of those carriers use USPS for the last mile delivery in rural areas. So it's easy for you to say, ah, who cares if USPS goes away because I don't particularly use it or they work in a limited fashion. It will absolutely affect you no matter which carrier you use as soon as someone in a rural area orders from you. And those people don't have access to big box stores or malls, so they're very likely to order online. Yeah, and well, and also, you know, if, if the Postal Service, if your UPS even fully end-to-end -end, uh, if the Postal Service service degrades to the point where they're not an effective competitor anymore, what do you think that's going to happen to the rates you pay UPS? 
Uh, or the rates you pay FedEx when they don't have another competitor. And they're not getting subsidized by this last mile thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to go up. And they're going to have to carry a lot more stuff. Demand yeah, which will, will delay their times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's the postal service is being slowed down and semi shut down by the Trump administration. I mean, that just be honest about what's happening. Previously, that was like, you know, weeks ago, that felt like a conspiracy theory. But it's <laughs> it's at this point, it's not. It's an open secret. And today, uh, August 13th, Trump flat out said that he's blocking funding to the Postal Service because of voted mail. The man literally admitted it. Yeah, he literally said, he said, I don't want people to be able to vote by mail. So I'm degrading the Postal Service and, and trying to shut it down. And. The reason he's doing that is because in uh, in polling, we know for whatever reason, Democratic voters are more likely to vote by mail than Republican voters. I don't know why that is, but it's true. Um, well, it's I think uh, it's partially I think they just 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 to get it out of the way, but also um, people Democrats are taking the pandemic more seriously, so less likely are going to want to wait to vote and go vote and go vote, you know, uh, out in the public or whatever. Uh, and also the, the, for years now, the Republican plan has been to reduce voting access in heavily democratic areas. So there's going to be like, Oh, well, Oh yeah. For this whole giant area of Atlanta, uh, yeah, there's only going to be one polling place. So you all got to wait in line for five hours. Yes. And, and so again, like, like none of this, this you, is a conspiracy. <laughs> it's not made up. This is Google it. Yeah. And it's like, do your oh, research, yeah, they do it in like in Milwaukee. Cause I mean, Milwaukee, obviously a heavy democratic precinct in a swing state in Wisconsin. I mean, they completely are closing down Milwaukee polling stations and, and you know, so those people were like, well, I don't want to wait in line for an hour. So I'm going to absentee vote or vote by mail. And, uh, then they just try to end that. So, I mean, that's, it's just, it just is what it is. And I mean, it's a larger Republican project to destroy the post office because the post office is like a public good that helps, uh, every American equally. And, uh, we can't have that because everything needs to be privatized and have some sort of profit motive behind it. You and, know, the, the, does it, the post, is this true? I heard the, the Trump appointee postmaster general is invested in other carriers. Yeah. 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 He owns a bunch of UPS and, uh, he owns, a. He, he's like owns a, he owns, there's like a private company that he owns that like UPS outsources work to when they are not, when, when USPS, when I think when the postal service is unable to handle things, they outsource work to this company. He owns something like $30 million of that company. And if you don't believe us, I can tell you to Google it, but I know you don't want, you won't care. Yeah. I think I should go ahead and turn the comments off for this one when we put it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I absolutely do not give a shit because we are fully telling the truth here. And I mean, I don't, I don't care. Well, in, I mean, at this point, you know, when I said, oh, like it went from conspiracy theory to open secret. And then today he Trump flat out said it. Uh, when I went on Google News and just typed in USPS, nothing else, just USPS. It was just article after article confirming this or floating the question. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and I mean, this is uh, under the under the Bush administration, the most recent Bush, Bush administration, they passed a rule that uh said that the that the postal service had to prepay for the next 70 years of medical benefits that they were going to have to pay out to all of their retirees and everything with the pensions so like people who literally hadn't been hired by the postal service yet the postal service had to have money for their medical expenses in their bank account 
So once they had put this absurd burden on the post office, then that's when all the stories came out about like, oh, the post office is going to go bankrupt. Well, they're losing money because yeah, it's losing like, money. like well, we yeah, declare you put an absurd yeah. burden on them. We, we, we declare that you need to make, I don't know, whatever it is, $30 billion a year. And you, you, well, you're just not making the $30 billion we've deemed that you need to make. Yeah. You wildly move the goalpost and then started uh, hand wringing when they didn't meet it. Yeah. But I mean, they were set up to fail intentionally. Yeah. Like so, what? Name another company in the world. I mean, f even uh, you know the car industry more than me. Do all do all the car companies that are you know get, obviously have all their union employees that they're paying all that stuff out? Do they have money in their bank account for the next seventy years for all that? Does General Motors, Ford? No, absolutely not. Yeah, and they have strong strong unions. Uh, so if I'm a merchant, should I care? And what do I do if anything? Well, obviously, one you should care uh, because it's. In completely affecting um, how your customers are viewing you. I've bought, uh, I've bought, a, I've been buying a bunch of stuff off Etsy the last month or so, and I have had several packages where it's like, oh well, here's the date it's supposed to come, and then that date arrives, and it's like uh, the tracking is then becomes, uh, it's still coming. We promise. Uh, we just don't aren't sure when it's going to come. Like loop, you uh, the postal service just kind of loses the tracking halfway through. I've had a few just disappear. Yeah. Literally disappear. And the merchant doesn't know what to do. And I don't know what to do. Because I'm like, listen, I know you shipped it to me, but I paid for it and I didn't get it. Who's at fault here? What do we do? For a f I had, like, I bought a $9 package of screws and they just never showed up. It's been a month now. Yeah. But I had the tracking. It was like, and it was moving too. And then it disappeared. For nine bucks, I'm just letting it go. I'm not going to make that the, the poor seller's problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're shipping at all with USPS or you're using the like smart post, uh, FedEx smart post, the UPS for sure post, I think it's called where they use no matter where it is, it uses USPS as the last mile. A hundred percent. This affects you. The only way out of it is to move entirely to, um, exclusively FedEx and UPS or DHL and only the services that don't use USPS as the last mile. But even in those cases, you'd also have to stop delivering to rural areas. Yeah where they still have to use USPS for last mile. It's a problem for anyone who ships anything right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I mean, the way to stop it is um, make Trump not be president anymore. Flatly. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Feels dark. Yeah. And we need, I need to pick me up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we talking about Shopify sections anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going to be hearing the Yakety Sax theme more in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Irresistibly fun. Uh, so let's let's call our friend Andy Bedell and see how how KeySmart's going and what it's doing. There it is. Or maybe you do leave this in because that was fantastic. Do you think it's problematic to have like a comedian running around in fast motion while a funny saxophone song plays, trying to grope women and take their clothes off? I was with you until the <laughs> grope women and take their clothes off. I, don't I was know. like, "What's the problem?" Uh oh, uh, that was a uh, was a comedy classic. I always picture it as just like <laughs> the the guys running around in fast motion, yeah. and like there's a lot of shenanigans involving doorways. Yeah, but. There's, there's always... There's, but you're right, yeah. There's always sexy birds in a Benny Hill bit. <laughs> so, Mr. Bedell, you are the, the master marketer brainchild behind Keysmart. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. And how long has this site been on Shopify? Uh, so, I started with the company in 2015, but I want to say we were 
on Shopify. I know in 2014 we were on Shopify, uh, but maybe even er as early as 2013 as well. And then you had a custom theme, your previous theme before we got the new one this year. How long were you on that theme? Um, so that theme was developed in 2000, either, two, either I think it was 2015. And I think it cost, it cost $50,000. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, wow. I remember. Yeah, so it was, it was bad. This was really early days of Shopify. Um, and uh, we got it developed by uh, somebody in Chicago. And yeah, it was super expensive. And it was, you know, it was, it was actually a really nice theme. It was actually a really nice site. Um, but, you know, business has changed a lot since then. So we just didn't change it. And, you know, and as we were, as we grew, the thing became clunkier and clunkier because it was just totally custom made and wasn't flexible at all. And so is that one of the issues with doing a, a custom theme versus like off the shelf premium theme is you, you're getting total customization up front, but at the, you're sacrificing uh, configurability down the road. I mean, yeah. I'm, so I'm definitely not uh, the Shopify expert like you are, um, but you, that, that seems to be the case, uh, especially, especially for us since ours was made so long ago and it just didn't have any of the newer, you know, functionality and, and stuff that, you know, that they've been developing. So, um, so yeah, we were just kind of behind. Um, so yeah, it's, you can definitely get a, like a, a greater level of, you know, what you want done, especially early on. Uh, I think a lot of the, I think there were roadblocks previously that are, have been, have been removed in the development cycle. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, that seems to be one of the cases that you can get, you can get it done exactly how you want, but then it's so hard to, to become, you know, to be flexible then and change when things need to change. One of the mo common questions I get is, how do I know when it's time to change themes, upgrade themes? And you were on your theme, which was successful for, for many years. And really, like Keysmart is a tremendously successful business. Uh, how did you know it was time to upgrade? What was the, th like, you just felt like it, a certain time had passed, you wanted to get, what was the goal here? How'd you uh, know? Yeah, that's actually a good question. So it's, um, for us, it's actually, you know, since I'm an advertiser, so I, you know, I like to test things, but I don't like to have huge changes, right? So, because then I just, you know, it, it makes me worried, right? Um, but it, I was getting kind of some pushback from people within Keysmart, like the organization, like they were, a lot of the pages had just been, we do, we've done a lot of testing on individual pages and change things. So that the, the site was just wasn't really uniform anymore. And so there were, there were, you know, yeah, every page was kind of like its own, its own thing. Um, and we just needed to, we needed a lot of, you know, we were also not like just, you know, updates were being done in a really ad hoc fashion. And we, you know, there were just, there, we just needed a facelift. But then on top of that, just the business has changed. And, you know, originally Keysmart was just a single product company. And um, then we started, you know, adding on a few things here and there. But more recently, we've really, you know, we've, we've got into to wallets and bags and, you know, electronics and, and, you know, the clean key and this whole clean line has have been really successful. And so we needed to be able to change the site. And then now we've just been launching so many new products, like, a, you know, a product a week. Um, I actually have to launch this product right after this call. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so we just need, we need to be able to give new products like space on the homepage is what, you know, like feature space. And we need it to be customized, you know, and it's easier if I have Alyssa on my team, just go in and, um, you know, she works with all the photographers and she can just go in and, and put the, you know, photos she likes and, the, and she's, also, she's also a copywriter and she can just, you know, get the copy rolling. As before, she had to kind of outsource that to a designer to like mock up the design and then he would have to then send it over to a, you know, web developer. And so there was just, there was added costs and, you know, time in the process as well as just, comp, you know, complications. I'm sure as you know. If you add in, you know, if it's a, you know, four-person project instead of a two-person project, they'll, you know, just the level of communication and all, you know, all the, you know, it gets all the things exponentially harder. 
Yeah, right. You yeah, know, so and, he, and you powerful. guys are you guys are constantly like tweaking things and like making little adjustments. And I remember optimizing and optimizing. I remember on that old theme, you know, you tweak and adjust every single page for every single product. So nothing was uniform on that entire site. And so all the little changes piled up on top of each other. And then because you had done so many completely specific changes, there couldn't have been um, like a single backend system to like control everything. So yeah, that necessitated that scenario where you literally need a web developer to go in and poke at everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, and now we've gotten to a point because we've really seen, um, you know, pro, like pro tip for, you know, the listeners out there is if you go, we've really done a lot of like the biggest things we've done is, as far as I've done uh, for testing, it's been on bundles. So if you look at some of our bundles, like the, you know, the quantity breaks work really well as well. But sometimes if you have like a backpack, it's, you know, 300 bucks and, you know, you're not going to buy two of them, get one free. Like who's going to buy three backpacks? Um, you know, it'd be like 600 bucks. So for that, you know, the different kind of bundles work where you add, you know, different, you know, accessories and you bundle them together. Um, and we've done, you know, fun stuff like call them ultimate packs and stuff like that, but whatever. Um, but those things really, really drive, you know, better, you know, average, you know, average order value, um, or, you know, average, you know, uh, with average revenue per user. Um, it's like Nick D or somebody would, would be looking at, um, but so those are, can really increase your average revenue per user, which then makes you can have higher, you know, return on ad spend on, on Facebook. Um, but then that just adds in a lot more complications. So we've come to the point now where we can customize the whole page just up into the bundle on most of them. And then for like the key smarts, like I'm coming out with this product called the nano file after this, and it, it works within the key smart, the key smart pro. And I can just like the, they built this with like this wizard, um, thing for the bundle for the key smart pro where I can just add that in as an accessory now and I don't have to go to a developer. So we still need a little bit of a de developer help for just for just like fine tuning the bundles, but we can do like the whole top like designing part, like really all by ourselves now. And then it's just like minor changes, like swapping out a couple pictures and then changing the rule, like the discount rules. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart Use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to them. There were really like three things that happened where you went, are... Number one, you said, look, our workflow is getting ridiculous and it's because there's so much that so much has changed and so much that's not built into the theme that requires custom development. And like, hey, could we just build the theme from scratch with this? Number two, there's a lot of like in relation to that, there also ends up being a lot of cruft for people who are frequent optimizers or like to fiddle. And in your case, it's it's a lot of optimization and changing things and, and trying new products and the business fundamentally changed from year one where it was a uh, one product to now it really is the uh, Michael, the CEO, his 
like core skill seems to be sourcing and developing novel and uh, interesting products. And so the, the business itself changed that necessitated a new website. Uh, and then three, it, you'd been on the thing for, for several years. And it, it, when you start looking at other sites, uh, you start to think, start to get a little envious and think like, well, what if my site looked like that? Yep, those are those were all the things, you know, and uh, and for me being more of a functionality and kind of like numbers guy, like I was just kind of a little bit worried. But then once, you know, once you just see the site, you're kind of like, well, you know, you don't even really need to look at the numbers to know that it's going to perform better. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was such a stark difference. And like, absolutely credit to your designer. We didn't design that new site. Um, this was the first time we worked with a design that came out of Webflow, which was really cool because the mock-up was a working website that we could see and know exactly this is how it's going to work. Um, on the other side of it, I, it sounds like you would absolutely do it again. What are some of the, what's like the, some of the core benefits you got from uh, upgrading uh, themes? Um, well, first off, I just want to give a quick shout out to Justin, who is our designer. I know yeah, oh, so good. So, <laughs> so uh, thank you, Justin. And Justin did add the Webflow um, process to our, you know, we, we didn't use Webflow before we, hired, we started working with Justin and that. That's actually really been really it's kind of really helpful um, to use because it's really easy to use. But anyways, um, the biggest the biggest like things from up, upgrading are you know are you know I haven't run a you know a, it's really hard to run like you know traditionally you know um, an A/B test like that the DWO or Google Optimize so you do like you know, half and half with new themes. So we actually haven't done that, but just overall our conversion rate has increased. Um, so that's you know one big you know one big win from changing um, from the upgrade. But then everything else has more to do with our workflow, really. Uh, you know, the design is really great. Uh, but, yeah, just really being able to just customize everything and have it, having every bit of it, you know, um, adaptable by my, by my staff who aren't coders, who are more marketing people. Um, because, you know, you, as you know, it's like if you, you know, if, if you have a marketing person who really understands like kind of like the hooks and the sales parts of it, but then they give it to a coder and they, they don't really understand the importance and you're kind of missing a designer in between, you just right. never really, you know, and, yeah, never. And so then, and also designing something to be really you know a really good piece of marketing it's actually it's actually very iterative right and so it's like you you know you do you do one you, you try one thing and then you're like ah maybe change this and change this and you get ideas while you're designing right so if you have one person that's kind of the brains behind the design and the other person actually doing it then that just makes it harder for that whole iterative process to work out and so now Alyssa can be much more nimble and really you know she can she can be. She can come up with an idea, and she has a full. We have a full. You know, I have Keith on my team, and Michelle on my team. We're both our, our photographers and videographers. So we have the whole Keith Smart family here. Uh, but uh, I have them on my team, and, and so she can she can write shot lists and get that get stuff made. You know, get get um, pictures made right away, and then you know within a day we can have the whole website kind of changed up and stuff like that. So it's, it's a, we got a really good workflow going on now, and then uh, uh, so yeah, that's been. I'm nice. really I'm really proud of that site, and I haven't told you this, but I. Uh, we're, we're writing up a big fancy case study about it, but uh, my copywriter uh, is so busy, she will get to you in September, and then we'll, we'll go over it. Uh, okay, so two, le two questions for you before I let you go. Uh, Paul and I discussed earlier our predictions for Q4 and what the heck's going on with shipping. So first, let's hear what are your, your Q4 predictions? Uh, I mean, we, well, for, just for me or for just in general? Why not both? Uh, yeah. Well, for Keysmart, it's going to be interesting because we've, we've, you know, we've had all these new clean products, which have been really, really successful. But then again, it's like, do you really want, do you really want to get like a, some like disinfectant wipes for, for Christmas? <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a, <laughs> Maybe. So I don't know if those, I don't yeah, know if yeah, that's yeah. an awesome flashlight. I've bought yeah. 
that flashlight you sell, which is just f the best flashlight ever. I've given that to four people now. So we have, do have a lot of really cool products um, and new stuff coming out. There might be a might be a new Keysmart coming out soon. But anyways, um, so we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff going on. So um, we've really got a ton of new emails, and so I would bet that we you know we double last year's Q4. But at the end again, it's like kind of like. Man, we had a really good uh, Q1, right, or whatever. You know, unfortunately, when the pandemic started, we, yeah, I guess, it was Q2. We, you know, we did really, really well. So we'll see. We'll see how we could do compared to that, really. Um, and then just as a whole, yeah, it looks like, um, you know, it looks like, you know, shopping is, you know, that it's, it's becoming like a death cycle, right? Uh, mall, you know, mall get in or whatever uh, for these. You know, it's just a, you know, a circle of, just, you know, they. A lot of these stores aren't going to be open. Um, it's a lot of people are going to need to shop online, but you know, who okay. knows? with, uh, you know, with Trump and everything with, the you know, the postal system, you know, what kind of capacity we have, right? And I've heard Amazon has, has had to slow down their advertising because, or, you know, stop advertising because they, you know, they just can't fulfill anything anymore. You know, they can't, they can't, wow. you know, push things through. And they're, you know, they have the biggest private fulfillment networks of any. Well, all right. So here's a question for you. The last question, then I'll let you go. If someone, if you ship an item to a customer and you've got tracking and the tracking shows it's moving. And then, it, but it never gets delivered because it just disappeared along the way, which I've now had happen several times with USPS. What do you do? Yeah, well, you got to call if if you're the customer or if you're the business. You, as the merchant, the customer emails you and goes, "Hey, I didn't get my stuff," and you I, you could check the tracking, and the tracking shows it shipped, it like hit a, a routing center, and then that was it. It just never updated again. Uh, you try and shake them for a couple days. Honestly, you try and you try and like have your you try and just you try and delay for a little bit. You know, like even Amazon will do that. They'll try and delay the customer for a few, like a couple of days because lots of times it ends up shaking out. Yeah. Where it'll, I think that usually honestly usually it does shake out. Um, and if it's if it's like a widespread issue, like if there's like you know like hundreds of packets that are all waiting, then you can you can kind of guess that that they're going to shake out like you know, um, you know within like a few weeks. Like when the protest, like when the, the pandemic happened, and then the protest happened. Um, you had a lot of things like things were just sitting in places. Um, and so the, you know, the, the systems aren't built, like the systems aren't built for things to just sit there for a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're built right. for them to move one to the next. And so then when things, when things start piling up, it gets at the bottom and then, you know, then it can get scanned and all of a sudden, so sometimes they make it out in any ways, but eventually you just got to be, you know, um, you have to, you have to refund it. Um, you know, make sure that the person's not like a repeat offender where it's just like, the, you know, they're, you know, like just taking advantage of you but um but yeah we we will re we have to refund those things so you just have to uh, make sure that you, you have to a lot for that when you're when you're you know <laughs> when you're doing your accounting all right yeah, andy yeah. i'll let you go and i'll see you in vr this weekend all right all right sounds good Talk to you see andy thank you you want to tear down a website all right fine slip it in and then we're done we can slide and buy and it's pretty boring okay just like joe no that's why they picked him he's <laughs> inoffensive <laughs> And those teeth, he's, Joe Biden's teeth, my like, God. He does got some chompers on him. Oh, yeah. No, there's no way that those are not like veneers or <laughs> caps or something. I see those. I'm like, well, I wish my teeth were like that. I want chiclets, just perfect chompers. Good old Joe. <sighs> All right. I've got, uh, what is this URL again? Store.joebiden.com. Thank you. I've got store.joebiden.com loaded up in front of me. And the very first thing I noticed... It is it is clean and uncluttered and inoffensive, just as like Joe. one might th just like Joe as one might think. I'm gonna hit view theme or view source, and in view source, I want to see uh, which theme it's running. You know, 
Shopify used to stick the theme ID into the source code, uh, and I think they stopped. No, if you search for theme, it shows up as like a JSON element. I, oh I, my god, it's on Big Commerce! Oh yeah, it's on Big Commerce, dude. No, we gotta go! Oh no! Oh, no! I told you that. That's why we didn't do it in the first round when we did this months ago during the primary. We oh. skipped Joe because he was on Big Commerce. No, oh, that darn Joe. But now by getting the nomination, he's earned his way oh, okay. onto our podcast. All right, I'm glad I hit view source though. Number one, they're running optimizely. So they're, they're doing some split testing on here. And that's interesting. They've got what appears to be the Facebook code like put in manually. And this is my favorite part. No search engine uses meta keywords anymore. I don't know why you would put meta keywords into a site. You know, like you do title description and you used to be able to put keywords in. You yeah. just use that to stuff keywords. Yeah, I, I was, remember when we were, we were in a meeting downtown Chicago with an ultra high-end marketing company. Yeah, like the, legit high-end. Yeah. We were intimidated until what happened? Until the doofus who was like the high, the highest ranking guy in there was like, well, can't we just like put a bunch of keywords in the bottom of the page and make it like black text and make our site rank higher in Google? Yeah. And then. Uh, we had learned from a previous bad experience that he was uh, easy to rile up. So then we had to like act like that was a legitimate question and politely explain why that was a terrible idea. Please don't make us do that. I thought I said something shitty to him and then he like was sarcastic oh, the rest of the he meeting. He could not wrap his head around the fact that you had alphabetically ordered a, something on a page. It was like a list of brands and you'd alphabetically ordered it using uh, PHP. We were WordPress developers yeah. back then. That was many years ago, man. Yeah. That was an old school EtherCycle. And he was like, well, how does it work? And you're like politely explaining it. And he just snaps. He goes, thanks. I know I've known how the alphabet works for 40 years, Paul. <laughs> and though you could hear a pin drop because you didn't like, know what to say. You asked me how it worked, asshole. <laughs> and the answer was it's alphabetical. It's like, look, I'm not I'm sorry that you couldn't ask a question right. Anyway, so we're doing this tear down here. All right. You want these keywords? Biden for president web store. Team Joe store. <laughs> you would think Joe Biden would be first. Joe Biden, merch, gear, official shirts. And it just keeps going like that. Bumper stickers, hat, Team Joe shirt, <laughs> yard sign, bug. I'm, I don't want to. I'm never doing a yard sign. Uh, well, you know, yard signs, that was like a famous uh, original Obama thing. Was that like, you know. Uh, His yard signs were like cool and unique and interesting. Well, but. Yeah, that Shepard Fairey stuff. There was a famous story about it, though, in that, you know, previously. Uh, campaigns would give away yard signs because uh, they would be like, oh, well, it's free advertising for the campaign. It shows that everyone right. is in this area wants uh, is supporting the campaign. On uh, Yard signs are a net positive. And the Obama campaign was like, yeah, those things cost us money. Uh, we need money to run for president. Yard signs don't get votes out. If you want a yard sign, pay for it because it's merch. And like people were <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> and the Obama campaign was like, we don't care. And of course, because they won in 2008, that retroactively made every decision they made the correct one. So, anyway, so the Joe Biden store, it's kind of boring. Uh, I don't like this thing on the navigation where it's uh, you hover over the main nav elements and you got to click to bring the drop down up. Always hate that. I do. Very well, boring. I used to like that, but it's no longer like it used 20 years ago when we used to argue about whether or not you should even do drop down menus or fly out menus. We'd argue about how they should function. And whether you like it or not, the standard now is on hover. The thing pops open, not on click. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fair. They're just plain drop down menus. I noticed that like the common theme is these these presidential stores are often like quick and dirty and very clean and just not a lot to it. I noticed they've got you know, across the top. It's got an announcement bar. Obviously, this week they announced uh, Biden announced his VP pick. And so across the top, get your Biden Harris gear here. Shop now. 
So I like that they have a call to action button. It appears to go to a Biden-Harris collection, uh, and it also matches the big hero image, and the title is Shop the Newest Biden-Harris Gear. Now, what I don't like is this is entirely an image, not text, and the site should be accessible, What? but there is no uh, alt text in there. Oh, Joey. Yeah. Mm-mm. Bad boy. All right. Uh, now, how do I get back? There we go. Um, and then we scroll down, and it just goes, Team Joe Gear, and it's the gear and you buy it. We don't have product reviews. When you get to the bottom, there's no footer. <laughs> oh, administered by bumperactive.com. So they're outsourcing all of it. Yeah. And then we have like our the compliance statement. Okay. So we've got some which well, I suppose we should go to a collection and it desperately wants us to go to this Biden Harris gear. Yeah, we we'll get the Biden Harris gear. I think we're going to get the Biden Harris navy t-shirt because the shirt offers the biggest uh, chances to there are two nit- things I like though. nitpick at things they call the official store in the logo anyway they call it the Biden victory fund because that's where the money's going this is remember from last time folks this is a political donation legally you oh, may be getting okay. a shirt in exchange but you're making a political donation that's how they set it up yeah okay and then I also like that you know let's say your your store is a microsite like you're a content publisher like Hoonigan and then your store is not like the core part well, what do you do when people go to this store? Like, how does a lot of people worry who are in that situation worry about like, well, what's that relationship? And so they've done something clever here above the logo. There's a link with a uh, a left arrow and it says Biden for president. And I assume that goes back to the site proper. Yeah, you're not. You, no one's landing. Their first landing is on the Joe Biden store. You're landing on JoeBiden.com and then you're going to the store. Okay. Unless, you know, you type in one of those those keywords. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of course. Team Joe Team yard Joe sign. Yard sign. Uh and so I, I noticed the collections, I cannot sort them. There's not a lot of products, but I can't sort them. They're four wide on desktop and there's no product reviews, which that would just be a horror show to moderate. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, there's no filtering, but again, not a ton of stuff. There's a Biden hair and face, Biden Harris face mask. We got some old school pins here. Uh, well, on the t-shirt. The yard sign's 25 bucks. Yeah. Cause they're like, screw you. <laughs> Go give us better stuff. <laughs> The t-shirt is 30 bucks. The hat's also 30 bucks. Everything is 30 bucks. Uh, I like the... And none of this is exciting. I want, like... Remember Andrew Yang had fun stuff? Yeah, no, there's uh, there's nothing great. There's nothing that... There's nothing that in any universe either of us would buy. Some of the buttons are kind of cute. Um, there's a... Let's go back there. There's a coffee mug that says Cup o Joe on it. That's pretty good. <laughs> So it's basically a dad joke. Yeah. Well, again, fitting with the campaign. And then if you look at the shirts, I don't know if they have. Um, uh, but there's one that's like on a lot of stuff. It's the. Uh, oh yeah, look at that. It's the young Joe Biden shirt, where it's like the thirst trap Joe. <laughs> if you're really into like 1960s Joe Biden. So I go to t-shirts. <laughs> thirst <laughs> trap Joe. Yeah, it's under all. Oh, that. there's some good ones in here. <laughs> Joe is a Willie Big Deal. I don't get it. It's a Willie Nelson Oh, jeez, that's bad. There's an Aviators one. I'm surprised they don't have anything about he, the Corvette he famously owns. He's got that, like, 60s Corvette. Yeah, there should cool. be one of him with, like... Him and the vet. Him and the, the vet. The Aviators on. With a Mustang, yeah. Uh, we choose science over fiction. All right, so let's go with the Thirst Trap Joe, which they <laughs> label a young Joe Biden t-shirt. <laughs> oh, there's an interesting thing happening here. You know, we've talked... To, look at the apparel size. It defaults... It defaults to medium, yeah. Isn't that weird? I noticed that, and I clicked around. I was like, oh, are extra small, small out of stock? They're not. So what we have in the past, we we talk about this anytime a a store does 
has a, a, a option product options and especially in apparel most in shopify it will default to the default behavior is it will just select the first available variant because the variants are sorted um from small to large that's often extra small and then you have people who get excited buy the shirt and then realize they ordered extra small they have to do an exchange so our advice is usually hey don't default if you have this problem don't default to a selection do um you know like the add to cart button just is disabled says pick your size then they pick their size then they could buy so here it's just a little they have clearly tried to solve for this a different way and have it just default to medium as you know medium is going to fit more people than extra small mm -hmm. the I, they've got the size chart right there though we always complain yeah, size when size chart, charts aren't there perfect well done exactly and, yeah, what you need to do it's perfect tells you how to measure and it's specific to this product and so i want the large unisex it's funny that they have unisex or women's well those are like the two cuts of shirt yeah unisex really though means men's um they got the social share buttons and a print button i don't know that we necessarily need the print button <laughs> What if we got to print out the listing? I want to print the listing. Compare them. Print out several. Lay them out. <laughs> well, then you God, just can't. Then pick. you bring it to Trump of which one he wants, and he takes his sharpie and he circles the one he wants, and then you got to go back to the internet and buy it. I'm gonna disable comments on this. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does. I know that's true. I've, I've read the tell-all books as well. Listen, he passed his dementia test. He doesn't have dementia. He's very proud. Okay, count backwards from a hundred by sevens. <laughs> that's hard. You know, my brother, uh, my brother, he was like, yeah, that was the test they gave me after um, he like fell off his bike down a hill in San Francisco and like cracked his skull and had like a major concussion. Oh, geez. And that's what they gave him. He didn't pass it. So <laughs> there's a, like five minutes, like an hour after getting a concussion. <laughs> so, you know, maybe harder than you don't think. Uh, the so on this page, they've got a tab description, but it only has one tab. So we could probably do away with that. And it does, it says it, it's just like um, kind of a default thing. Young Joe Biden uh, purchases a donation to Biden Victory Fund, order ship within 10 days. See, that's important. Tell people when they're going to get their stuff. But I'd put that in the product form. And then interestingly, it says union printed and made in the USA. That I would do like that stuff. I would just do like 100% cotton uh, union printed and made in the USA. I would make those icons. Yeah. Those could be badges by I the agree. product form. Yeah, underneath add to cart above those stupid social buttons we would tell them to get rid of. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, and you got to remember, these stores are very much afterthoughts to campaigns. Yeah, they're not thinking too hard about this. All and right. you could see the whole site's red, red, white, and blue. Uh, I clicked add to cart, and this is good. Really telling us that you added something to the cart. Yeah. Okay, one item was added to your cart. What's next? And it really, like, re... Honestly, the like you the cart confirmation window, it's a modal cart, we call this. This is better than the product page. No, it's really good. The photo's bigger, the info is laid out clearly. It gives me more info than the product page did. That's interesting. Uh and yeah, then it's the, got the what are your thoughts on this? The on the product page when you mouse over the image, it does the zoom in on within the image box. I don't like that. I prefer know, the click to get the bigger version, not the zoom in thing. I agree with you. I find the zoom in thing jarring. I also know from usability studies that I pay too much for subscriptions for uh, that it's like something like 40% of people, not that they'll look at most, a majority of people will look at photos. 40% of people, literally the first thing they do is go straight to the photos and zoom in. Hmm. So you, uh, the answer is 100% you want the ability to zoom in. As to which one is the right way, I'm not sure. But honestly, 
Like the mouse over one is neat because there's no click. If I just accidentally mouse over, I'm zoomed in. Yeah. But the click one, I like. Honestly, I don't know why we can't do both. Like I hover over and it like zooms in and moves all around. Or I click and it opens. I think that's how Amazon works. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go to the click the cart. It's got a little drawer cart. View cart. Let's see what this looks like. Oh, well, it's got my subtotal. It's got a shipping calculator, which isn't unnecessary. It puts my sales tax right in here. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it tells you right now, the Team Joe store web store is only able to ship within the U.S. I assume that's some... Either they don't want to do it, or that's a limitation. Yeah, it's illegal to take political donations from foreign nationals. Oh. And then here, the Team Joe store is only able to ship within the U.S. Would you like to add an additional donation? Let's see what we got here. We'll throw them 25 bucks. I don't even have to... If you, It's just one click. If you just click 25, it oh, immediately does it. of course. And we're going to continue as a guest. To continue as a guest, it requires an email address. Oh, I'm going to get emailed for the rest of forever. They need that shit. They want that email. Oh, man. Just going to be like, how you doing, champ? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be watching a movie and like the sex scene's going to come on and you're going to get an email from Joe Biden that says, looking pretty racy there, sport. <laughs> <laughs> Heard you're into cars. Have you seen my vet? <laughs> uh, no, I was distracted by the teeth. Joe Biden's teeth. Campaign finance, so that it's got the address form, but they've modified it. Campaign finance law requires us to obtain your occupation employer and to verify the following statements are true. And then, so I put in my employer and application. Was when we did the other ones, they all have to do this by law. And then I have to certify that, like, a series of statements are true. And it won't give me a shipping method until I've actually put in my address. So we're going to put in my address. And Matt Brody is going to make sure no one can see this nonsense. Actually, I put in the cycle address. That's fine. And uh, here we go. Ship by weight, $4.50. Very reasonable. And we know they're doing weight-based shipping. So I assume this thing's going first-class mail at four fifty. Yeah. I can add order comments. Uh, love the teeth. <laughs> and the vet. Sport. Continue. This is a one-page checkout, which, truthfully, I don't like. But I know really? a lot of people obsess over them. Yeah, it really, it depends on the audience, whether it works or not. And when you're adding, like, all these extra fields to it, like, a one-page checkout makes sense if you don't have a ton of fields. But personally, I think they're messy. I don't like them. Well, and, and again, we went over this month months ago. You know, these um, these stores face a very special issue in that there's, like, certain amounts of data that they absolutely have to collect and certain types of orders they absolutely have to reject and all that other stuff. So, you know, they face a harder uh, hurdle to clear than a lot of other merchants. All right, we have done it. We have torn down the Joe Biden store. It was like literally every other presidential <laughs> store, entirely mediocre, but carefully crafted. He's no fun. It was no fun. Yeah, and you're right. The The thirst trap Joe Biden is clearly the best shirt they sell. <laughs> the, in the cup of Joe mug. But like if, you, if these are legit donations and you really, you want this to work, you got to have, you got to treat it like an apparel store and have some interesting stuff. I think they were kind of like, listen, buddy. We got the nomination. We don't want to have to ship you a goddamn shirt. Just send us some cash. <laughs> this has been a fabulous episode. Let's go out on some yakety sacks. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go down to your basement and play more VR. All right. I'll meet you down there. <laughs> One last thing. If you're new to e-commerce, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography? 
discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify theme is your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, how easy it is for visitors to see your brand's value. And that's what makes or breaks your conversion rate. With nearly a decade of experience building beautiful, performant themes, my friends at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization possibilities of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURTS20 for 20% off their best-selling themes, Flex and Turbo. Go to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. So please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.